Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue the Fantasy Files series with a look at some low ADP receivers that I think have the potential for triple-digit targets. Usually with this series, I've been doing the quarterback, the backfield, and the pass game options for every team. This was actually the group of this was the Detroit Lions receiving crew, but I did not want to devote an entire article to Brashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, that whole group of guys. So with all due respect to them, hope they ball out. They're not in this article. It's just so freaking unclear what's going in going on in Detroit outside of TJ Hawkinson and to an extent, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. So go get those auxiliary guys, but that's the rest of what we're talking about the Detroit Lions passing game here on this edition of the PFF fantasy football podcast. Cause basically people, I, you know, I love these fancy files. It gives us a good chance to go through, you know, uh, just very specifically each team and give them, I think the appropriate uh, do, but I also recognize that, you know, sometimes we need to combine teams and make things a little bit easier for you as you start getting in drafts. So with that in mind, I have 10 wide receivers that I believe have the potential for triple digit targets and are currently priced outside of the top 36. Usually we define a wide receiver one as a wide receiver that finishes in the top 12 base, you know, league size, uh, base league size, wide receiver two, top 24 wide receiver three would be a wide receiver 25 through wide receiver 36. So last year, in terms of the top 30, outside the top 30, we saw eight guys actually finish with over hundred targets. And they were Tyler Boyd as a, as the wide receiver 33 preseason. Brandon cooks was the wide receiver 34 Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 37 CeeDee lamb, wide receiver 38 Marvin Jones, wide receiver 39 Jerry Judy, wide receiver 45, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver 49 and all the way down at wide receiver 65, Robbie Anderson. So those are the type of guys that we're hoping to identify here. And it's pretty easy to spot some of the common uh, commonalities out of the group. Lamb, Judy, and Jefferson were first-round rookies and fairly crowded offenses that won anyway because they're really freaking good. Boyd, Deontay, and um, Marvin Jones were incumbent number two receivers that faced some newfound competition in the past game. That's why we were down then. We had T. Higgins joining the Bengals. You know, Steelers had Claypool and Juju soaking up targets. You know, Marvin Jones, he was behind Kenny Galladay, kind of caught a break with him getting hurt. And then Brandon Cooks and Robbie Anderson had to adjust to life with the new team. Historically not great. Credit to them for being able to overcome that with flying colors. Every single one of these players beat their average draft position except Jerry Judy. He finished as a wide receiver 46 was drafted as a wide receiver 45. I think you all can see, you know, what having this sort of volume can do for your fantasy football floor. So I'm going to bump it down to just outside the top 36. Again, I listed the top outside the top 30 from last year. Only reason because literally every single receiver with an ADP between wide receiver 30 and 36, I think would qualify for that. They are Devonte Smith, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith, Schuster, Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. So yeah, I think those guys are great value. I'll use that where they're going and have that sky high target upside. These 10 receivers there are who I think are way further down the average draft position and have a much better opportunity not a better opportunity than those other guys, just a great opportunity to get triple digit targets. So without further ado, let's get into them. Starting with Houston Texans wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, current ADP, and these are courtesy of Fantasy Football Calculator, wide receiver 39, and PFF gives him 114 target projection ahead of 2021. For those counting at home, we're looking at 106 targets. That would be the 16 game, excuse me, that would be the 17 game pace of someone normally getting uh, 100 targets in the 16 game season. So got to 
keep that in mind with this. But look, Brandon Cooks qualifies. He is the only receiver expected to really get fed the ball in Houston. We don't know what his quarterback situation is going to be. It's a little alarming that the one down season we've seen him have came with the bad version of Jared Goff. But when he's this cheap, people, I mean, his only five career seasons where he played at least 15 games, which is fair, five of seven seasons. I know the concussion History is scary, but that doesn't mean Cooks hasn't been out there more times than not. He's posted PPR wide receiver 14, wide receiver 10, wide receiver 15, wide receiver 13, most recently wide receiver 17 finishes. So I realize, you know, we got Breeze, Brady, Watson, Goff. Those are the guys he's been catching passes from. Likely not going to be that situation. But, you know, I think it's still just 27 years old and the way he was using Houston last year, more in a low eight out role than we've seen in the past. I think Cooks still presents value at his current ADP. Jarvis Landry comes in as the wide receiver 40 with an 108.6 target projection courtesy of PFF. Again, people, he's going to be at worst the number two pass game option inside of an extending Browns offense. If Baker Mayfield is as good as a lot of us think he could be uh, this year, if he keeps things moving forward, I mean, Landry is going to push for triple digit targets and likely have some better uh, touchdown upside, you know, for him to not even miss a game last year, despite having that late hip surgery, I think spoke, you know, just to his general toughness. And that's the guy that's, that he's been throughout his entire career. I mean, Landry just continues to basically beat his, uh, you know, preseason draft position. He has actually never posted a season long PPR finish more than one spot worse than his preseason ADP, basically like Judy with Jarvis Landry. I'm not saying we're getting a league winner here, but at his current ADP, I think it makes sense if he could again, come in as more of a low end wide receiver three versus the wide receiver four he's being priced at. Moving on down, we got Cole Beasley, ADP wide receiver 48, coming in with 102 target projection. He's had 105 and 106 targets over the past two seasons, and he's still locked in as Josh Allen's number two receiver. Maybe you don't like why he's been making headlines, you know, this offseason. That doesn't mean that PFF's reigning eighth highest grade receiver is anything other than great when he's on the football field. And don't fall into the, you know, he's a small white guy who doesn't have upside trap. Last year, only Calvin Ridley, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey had more games with at least 100 receiving yards. He went triple digits five times, people. Absolute madness. Again, we have Josh Allen's number two wide receiver at a discount. Gotta love it. Jerry Judy once again qualifies for this list, coming in at the wide receiver 38 with a target projection of 105. Sutton will be back, but hey, it seems like Teddy Bridgewater is trending towards getting this job. And I'll tell you what, as much as I stand and love Drew Locke, Teddy would be better news for Judy just in terms of him being able to get the ball to Judy when he's open, which seems to be all the freaking time. Uh, you know, I've talked about my just overall hatred for the drop leaderboards. Again, it represents people uh, being open, not necessarily guys that suck at catching the ball. If you're not holding that against Jerry Judy, you shouldn't be holding it against Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf either. And I mean, just looking at the entire drop leaderboard, like let's not focus on just 2020. Uh, Let's not focus on just 2020. Let's go back. Since 2019, the leaders and drops, DK Metcalf, Michael Gallup, Deontay Johnson, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans. Again, it's more of a volume stat, not a stat uh, worthy of fading receivers. So last year, only wide receiver that was probably more unlucky than Judy had a big article go out about this earlier in the offseason. It was DJ Moore. So the fact Judy is getting DJ Moore's ex-quarterback, not the best thing, but DJ was being so used so much more as a field stretcher last year. And I think Judy would be more of the Robbie Anderson in this type of offense. So, you know, Bridgewater, I think, uh, you know, it wasn't bad last year. He enabled four players to get over a thousand yards. I wouldn't be surprised if Judy could be one of those guys this year in 2021. 
The Dolphins honestly have three qualifiers. This offense is wide open. Will Fuller has a wide receiver 37 ADP. Waddle's at wide receiver 47. Devontae Parker is at wide receiver 46. Waddle's been the guy that I just want more and more of everybody. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 32 right now, ahead of Fuller, ahead of Devontae Parker. I mean, they just used the number six pick on the guy. He has the familiarity with Tua. I mean, it's a crowded wide receiver room. Preston Williams, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant are going to be there too. But Waddle, to our knowledge, is now fully healthy and he's going to be out there from day one. I mean, I think the biggest thing that Waddle affects is going to be Mike Jasicki, who's no longer going to be the starting slot receiver, which is a massive problem considering he spent over 70% of his snaps in the slaughter out wide last season. I just think Waddle, you know, is going to have that almost Lynn Bowden role that made him relevant at the end of last year, except Waddle is obviously a hell of a lot more talented than Lynn Bowden with no disrespect to, to Lynn. I like what he did with the ball. I just think Fuller, you know, could be pigeonholed as more of a pure field stretcher. I know he can do more, but he is also missing week one. I think him and Waddle is pretty close. Parker, unfortunately, I think is just going to struggle to get on the same page with Tua if he doesn't get a little better separating. You know, that 2019 season Parker had was fantastic. I know he's talented. Uh, I do tend to side with my uh, co-analyst uh, here on the Wednesday edition of this podcast, Andrew Erickson, though, when it's like, you know, Parker, he's really only had that one 16 game stretch with Ryan Fitzpatrick, just having no one else to throw the ball to and just tossing it up to him. I'm not exactly betting on that to come back to fruition after they added these two speedsters. So go get Jalen Waddle and fantasy leagues of all shapes and sizes, everybody couple more Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup qualifies wide receiver 52 ADP comes in with a 99.6 target projection I mean last year in the first three games Gallup had 24 targets and 423 air yards which was actually more air yards than CeeDee Lamb had even though he was at 39 targets he wasn't too far off from Mari Cooper at 53 targets and 504 air yards so Gallup is your you know prototypical Wait for it. Better in best ball wide receiver posted three top 12 finishes in 2020. Two of those were after Dak was gone for the year. So he, for credit to Gallup for, you know, still playing really well, even with Andy Dalton under center, I think Gallup, you know, unfortunately has to be a number three receiver in this offense because Cooper and CD are that good, but make no mistake about it. People Gallup has been anyone's idea of a great receiver since he entered the league. And he is one of the more overqualified uh, number three wide receivers. Got to be careful about which offenses we think are going to enable able more than one or two fancy relevant receivers. I am confident Dak and the Cowboys can do that again. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown applies ADP wide receiver 41, 96.3, excuse me, 0.8 target projection. So people in 12 games with Antonio Brown last year, Goblin had 85 targets. Evans had 84, AB had 74. Goblin was the wide receiver 15 in PPR points per game. Mike Evans was the wide receiver 16. AB was the wide receiver 23. Evans and Goblin are being priced where they were last year. Brown's a good 20 spots below. He was deep into the 40s. We know he's back. We know the knee's fine. Everything is setting up for AB to, again, be, at worst, a low-end wide receiver, too. I mean, there's a non-zero chance that AB rises up and is the most productive guy here. I wouldn't bet on him. I haven't ranked lower than Evans and Goblin. But one of the cool stats we found this offseason threat rate, which is targets per route, only Devonte Adams. And for some reason, Braxton Berrios were targeted on a higher percentage of their routes than Antonio Brown last season. It's a three. It's like a one, a one B one C situation in the Tampa Bay passing game. And that's not how they're being priced in fantasy land. I get it. If you're not a big fan of Antonio Brown, you know, or Cole Beasley as people, but if we're just trying to win fantasy football championships, 
draft these guys where they're currently going. Final guy that made the list doesn't even have an ADP at the moment. That is Sterling Shepard coming in with a whopping 106.2 target projection. I know Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, they limit the ceiling for Shepard, but people, he's been a great route runner every time he's been out there. And now we're actually going to see him be more cozy from the friendly confines of the slot with Golden Tate out of the picture. So Shepard has historically been someone much more effective at running his routes out of the slot compared to outside. He's coming off a season where he had 7.5 targets per game in 2019. It was 8.3. So again, Galladay and Tony are going to shrink that to an extent, but Sterling Shepard is just free at the end of drafts. And I think he's good enough where, Hey, if Daniel Jones does take a step forward this year, we know Galladay is going to have a big year, but it makes sense if Shepard is the number two guy in this offense. So Sterling Shepard, someone that I think has always been a great real life wide receiver and always been more of a good fancy guy. And I think, Hey, where he's going, which is virtually nowhere. He can certainly beat that. So those were my main 10 guys quickly. Again, Brandon cooks, Jarvis Landry, Cole Beasley, Jerry, Judy, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devonte Parker, Michael Gallup, Antonio Brown, and Sterling Shepard. Quickly, some honorable mention uh, Colts wide receivers, Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton. There's also Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal's uh, going to be in there. And we even got Naeem Hines and some tight ends. It's just so crowded. I'm not super sure who we should, you know, be expecting to rise to the top. I enjoyed what Michael Pittman did to an extent. Playoff game, he looked really good against the Bills. More times than not, though, it was just, you know, one kind of uncovered crosser after another, making things happen after the catch. Hey, the fact he is that big and he can make things, good things happen with the ball in his hand. Is a good sign but with ty back and paris maybe being healthy i'm just not so sure he gets there so good to my head give me Pittman as the most productive receiver in indy but at cost i'd probably take paris over him uh with the jaguars we have LaVisca Chanel and Marvin Jones, uh, you know, really being pushed behind DJ Chark. And I don't know. I mean, Visca is 227 pounds. We haven't heard Urban Meyer criticize him for playing too small like he did for DJ Chark. You know, Chark was great in 2019 when he put up that thousand yard season, but they brought in Jones. Every single report tells us that Visca is the number, you know, been the best skill position player in camp so far. I just think uh, they're potentially going undervalued. They're being priced closer to their floor than ceiling for sure. You know, I've been on the record saying I'm going to be in ages this year and i'm not believing in marvin jones where he's going cheap enough though i guess so we can maybe consider to take some shots on him at least you know until we see how the pecking order shakes out in this offense uh with the chargers mike williams somehow has you know 10 touchdowns in a year a thousand yard season but has never gotten even more than 90 targets maybe justin herbert actually condenses that around him but adding josh palmer and some of these other guys that got a wide receiver three uh just not super convinced we see more from mike than another just efficient season where we don't have as enough volume as we prefer Nelson Aguilar was awesome with the Raiders last year. He could be great again with New England. Two tight end heavy offense, but if Mac Jones wins that job quick, Aguilar could certainly be a number one receiver. And then finally, uh, in the, with the Jets, like if just one of these guys wasn't here, it'd be so much easier to target them. But they're, they're all here. Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder. You know, I think Davis and Moore are the best guys there. They deserve to be picked first. Just realize with five separate wide receivers, that is tough to, uh, you know, figure out in fantasy land. So those 
are some of the honorable mentions, and that's going to wrap up this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New episodes every single day throughout the summer. If you haven't checked it out, we got Antonio freaking Gibson on the interview. Also, uh, should be released uh, when you're hearing this podcast here on July 9th. So make sure you check out that 10 questions with Antonio. Great stuff about his toe injury, uh, what he anticipates his role being in 2021 as a receiver, and even just what his thoughts on Ryan Fitzpatrick and some other things. So thanks again for listening. Hopefully my voice continues to see a little better. Apologies about it in the meantime. Until next time, take care, everybody. 